Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential. And as always, I am your host, Michael Sherlock. As you know, this month we are talking about the magic of marketing, that magical marketing pixie dust that we have created. We sprinkle on our businesses and we all have amazing clients just throwing themselves at our feet, handing us money left over right or not. So <laughs> as we go through this month, my guests have all been uh, so diverse in terms of what we're talking about, in terms of their perspectives of marketing, what kind of organizations that they run. And I'm really, really excited with this guest as well today. And not just because he actually is just kind of down the road from me, strangely enough. So my guest today is Chris Wallace. He's the co-founder and president of Interview I get it, interview, not interview, interview, a marketing consulting firm that helps companies align their brand and product stories with their customer facing teams. Imagine that when you actually have the brand and the people who are talking to the customers alongside the, the same concept. At Interview, Chris draws from his nearly 20 years of sales, marketing, and corporate leadership to help companies engage their frontline teams in new ways, producing improved customer experiences and better financial results. And as you guys know, that is what I am all about. That's why I'm so excited to talk to him about this connection between the brand, the stories, and the people that actually deal with the customers, because that doesn't always happen in concert. Beyond his work with clients, Chris is able to apply his passions as a teacher and a thought leader. He's taught as an adjunct MBA professor at Temple's Fox School of Business. He's been published in things like Harvard Business Review, oh, an ad age. I'm so excited and nervous and jealous about the Harvard Business Review. He was also recently named the Forbes Agency Council. He's received his, M his BA in uh, public relations from Syracuse University's Newhouse School and an MBA from Temple. And like I said, he lives just right around the corner from me or down the street or I don't know, about five miles away. But Chris, thank you so much for joining me today. Michael, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to, to talking with you today. And I'm so glad that as we're talking, we're not dealing with snow going out our windows that, you know, we're at least, you know, as spring happens, we're almost there. <laughs> 54 degrees today. We'll take it, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, I hit the highlights on your bio, but I'd like it to hear from you, your story about you, your company, and how you help your clients to shock their potential. Sure. So I'm, I'm going to dig into my background a little bit just for a moment. moment. But um, I, I always joke, I'm, I'm not a salesperson by, by trade. Mm -hmm. I'm a salesperson by birth. Okay. I think I was born, I think I was born into that, um, in, into that trade, so to speak. But um, after spending years and years um, in sales leadership and various sales roles in a variety of different industries, mostly big brand consumer, um, I really found that um, there really seemed to be a, a, a struggle in getting the message from the, the ivory tower, so to speak, um, down to the front lines. Yes. And not even so much, um, you know, sort of from a communication standpoint, but really from a... Um, 
you know, an evangelism standpoint, the tools, the support, um, it just wasn't there. It wasn't what the, the, the salespeople needed. I experienced it so long for myself that, um, you know, at, at one point in my career, I had the opportunity to go out on my own. And um, ever since then, actually be 10 years in March and um, really focused, you know, dedicated my, my career and my, my life as an entrepreneur to really helping organizations better connect. We always joke sort of the, the strategies of the boardroom to what happens in the showroom. Oh, I love it. I think that's such a great description. And from running sales teams uh, throughout my career, um, you're absolutely right. You know, you can have the best piece of marketing go out, but the frontline people sometimes never, literally never even see it. Or if they do, they don't, you know, they don't really understand it. But really, I think, you know, more than anything, it's that gap of why, why are we losing that golden opportunity to make sure that they not only connect, but that they reflect backwards on each other. There's no question. I'm going to give you one example of that. Um, we've worked with a client um, in the past, uh, a major jewelry brand, um, primarily online jewelry brand, but a lot of their, their sales and their customer contacts go through a, a call center. Ah. And this is a brand with a really good reputation. They're kind of a dot-com success story. It's a name you'd know. I won't, I won't throw it out, but it's a name you would know. And they they found themselves in a spot where um, they did, they were driving a lot of call volume, a lot of clicks on their website with, with their digital, digital advertising and marketing. But when the call came into the, the call center, there just really seemed to be a disconnect between, you know, what sort of what, what got them on the phone in the first place and then what happened from there. Yeah. And, you know, we went in and we worked with that, that client to really help them help their people understand this is what people showed up expecting. Mm -hmm. They expect you to be the experts. They expect you to give them advice. They expect you to, to really guide them through the process. But what was happening was the exact opposite. Uh -huh. They were following their customers all over the place. And we, you know, we really helped them sort of get back to their core of their brand, which if you were to ask one of their employees, what's the core of our brand, not a single one of them could have told you an accurate answer. So um, we, we really try to make that connection for them. So the, the people representing the brand, like you said, can be in concert with, uh, with the, the reasons why the customers are showing up in the first place. And that's... <laughs> Gosh, you know, I have a really good friend of mine uh, that he's been, I've interviewed him a couple times actually on the podcast, and he ran a specialty sneaker um, retailer in the DC area for, for a long time. And, you know, we, we have this conversation so much about, you know, the people that are responsible for the end sale, you know, that they're the responsible, they're responsible for that customer experience is that when we haven't trained them or we haven't figured out where the gaps are, we haven't gotten them excited about what we do, what our product is, what our service is, we do them such a disservice. Not only is it detrimental to the business, can really harm a business, but it just doesn't do anything for that employee to make them feel like they're a part of something that really has a mission. Yeah, they, they really are. You know, we say that they're, they're the face of the brand, right? Yeah. And it doesn't matter whether you're big or small, they're the face of the brand. And let's just be honest, in most cases, those, you know, we, we've talked a lot in 2020 about frontline employees, right? Yeah. Well, frontline employees is what, what who we've worked with for years and trying to put them in a position as in many cases, the, the lowest paid people in, yes. the, in, the, in the organization. And they have, you know, in many ways, the most important job, which is to, to secure and protect that customer relationship and be the face of that brand. But if the, if the face of the brand is misaligned, 
to the to the commercial or the digital ad that got them in the store in the first place, that that that's a real issue for especially now where customer experience is going to be probably the most important part of how customers make their decision. It's not about products anymore. It's about the customer experience. So you got to put those frontline people in a chance to succeed. So when you start working with a client and, you know, they're like, Hey, Chris, we want to have, you know, a whole new concept here. We want to work with you on this strategy. And, and you get in there and you start to dissect this and you see, you see a disconnect. How do those conversations go in the beginning? It's, it's, it's so it's an excellent question. So we have, uh, when we started interview, um, we anticipated that question probably more than any other one. And we built a tool called the brand transfer score. Mm. Okay. It's very literal in, 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 in the way it's titled. The brand transfer score is essentially what it is, Michael. We worked with a market research company, a, a company that would work with major brands and major agencies to go gather voice of the customer data. And they would come back and they'd say, here's what your customers think of your brand. Here's where they think you're strong. Here's where they think you're weak. And here's where they think you excel or or fail in comparison to the competition. And we said to this partner, we said, why couldn't you do the same thing with employees? Like, why couldn't you take that same process around products, services, value proposition, customer experience, and evaluate not with the, just what the customers think, but what the people talking to the customers think, because they can influence that perception so much. You think about anything from a rental car, car counter to a retail store to a, 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 a coffee shop. The person behind that counter can influence your perception to such a great extent. So we built the brand transfer score kind of on this market research principle, made some modifications to it. But we're able, we, we always tell the, the companies we work with, we follow the data. We don't come in and say, we're, we're going to go on hunches. We have a structured, defined process. We gather the data and we come back and we say, listen, you're out there doing all your marketing about the warranty, but your people right here, they're telling us that they don't think that the warranty has any value at all. So we're able to break down the message in a very granular way and come back and find out where the message is getting through, where the message is misaligned, what needs to be dialed up, what needs to be dialed down, and we do it using data. That is so, I, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, a product where you're trying to sell a warranty. And if that's what you're selling to your customers, but at the end of the close, and, you know, that salesperson is supposed to say, and would you like to have the extended warranty? And if they're not asking it, or they're not trying to sell it very much, then, oh my gosh, you're right. You just, not that, not that you've lied to your customer, but you've, you've lost such an opportunity if that's the reason the person came in in the first place and your, your employee has just said, it's a bunch of baloney. <laughs> that, wow. the, 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 actually, the example you just gave is how I got started doing this. The first, first project I ever worked on was, a, was sort of a, uh, a bolt-on, it was tech support and tech, you know, technology warranties and things like that. And the, the struggle was the exact same thing that you just heard. So we, you know, this is going back, you know, years now, we didn't have the brand transfer score. I wish we did, but we were able to sort of demystify that offer for them and help them understand kind of how to work it in, how to, you know, how to get that value in front of the customer without it being a, do you just want fries with that type of offer? And um, it's just a matter of listening to people, right? Like at the end of the day, it's what it is. We listen to the frontline audience as if they were a customer. We understand the concepts that are not just making sense or, or that they are not convinced of. 
And then we work with companies to convince them. We don't train. Now, that's a big, big part of what we, we always say is we're not trainers. Training's yeah. needed. They need to know the details. But details aren't what connect with customers. Right. It's really that, that extra layer. So we're big believers in we influence the perceptions of the frontline teams. We want to convince them that it's great, not just tell them all the different details and let them arrive at their own conclusion. Mm-hmm. We really want to convince them of how great the offering is. Yeah. You know, I spent about the last 10 years in my career in the hearing aid sector. And I always said, you know, we sold a product that nobody wanted at a price tag nobody wanted to pay, um, which, you know, is, was very, and still is very true. And, but, you know, in coaching and training salespeople, and then like their um, support people in their offices, in their clinics, I, I don't know how many times I would be observing a salesperson and somebody would say, you know, well, what's okay. So what's the price or what should I, you know, what should I uh, get? And to watch people say, well, you could get this, but it's really expensive. So you could get this or you could get this. And I spent so much time trying to, you know, break down with individual salespeople, like, you know, why are you saying, yes, that's expensive? Or why are you going down? Why are you downselling before you even ask the, the question of the patient? But what, it, you know, what we really had to start to do was have, you know, better, um, not just one-on-one conversations, but really have training that, you know, not only trains them how to handle it, but before even that, understand to your point, what's, what's in their head that we either have to get out or we have to hire for differently, or we have to, you know, um, we have to identify because this is causing a disruption in an already uncomfortable sales process of a product nobody wants to buy at a product, they, a price they don't want to pay. And yeah. it's a huge gap. It definitely is. And we've seen that the, the jewelry example that I mentioned, um, it, it was, it was a, a real challenge there. You know, we used to have we had some of the agents that were, were, were talking people out of the product that they wanted, you know, that they wanted to buy. And, you know, one of the th- challenges that we saw was I remember listening to a call specifically where a gentleman was shopping for a diamond engagement ring. Mm-hmm. And the, um, the, the agent found a diamond that matched the specifications that he wanted. And it was about, she, she did not ask what his budget was. Okay. Did not ask what he was looking to spend and ultimately asked him what he was looking to spend. And the diamond that the, 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 the diamond that she put in front of him was about half of what he wanted to spend. And I said, I've been through this process. If I know what I have budgeted to spend on an engagement ring, if I spend half of that, I feel like I cheaped out. I feel like, like, that's not what I want to do. You, it's, it's funny to say this, but you almost have, have to have the empathy to understand truly what that customer wants and don't literally sell them short, right? Don't sell that customer short because that's not giving them the experience that they need. And I think what you were talking about is sort of, sort of the age old consultative selling mindset. We've sort of put a whole new spin on that, which is this idea of customer experience, right? Mm-hmm. It's about delivering the experience that the customer wants. Right. It's about helping them get to the end point that they need to get to. Forget features and benefits, forget price, absolutely. focus on the end point. Yep, absolutely. And, I, and I'm a firm believer. In fact, I write about that in my second book, you know, and that's the whole thing is if you ask the, the customer the right questions at the right time, you will know what they want. And then it's not a sale. It's just right. a, a transaction, you know, and I don't mean that is in a bad way, but then when this customer has said, I want this, I want this diamond. I want to spend that price. I want, you know, here's what I want and you can deliver it. Then it's, then you're like, okay, I got it here. Are you ready to go? And they're like, yeah, wrap it up. 
for sure. It's, it's absolutely true. And then everybody feels like they win because it's a successful outcome with that. <laughs> and I think so, that, uh, go, go ahead. ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 go ahead. I was just going to say, and I think that, you know, the way that ties back, I, I think so much with marketing is marketing typically are the ones spending the money to understand what the customer needs and wants. And they're the ones putting out the message about who the company is. And I think that when it comes time to have that conversation one-on-one, -on -one, that interaction with a customer, understanding the, the, the message that your organization is trying to win around, like what is the, what is the differentiation of, of you as a jewelry provider or a bank or you know, whatever, you know, whatever it is that you, you're offering, understanding what makes you different and, and unique and interesting, that's how you win deals, right? You win deals by conveying what makes you interesting and different and unique from the competition. And if you don't have that connection back to marketing, all you have is just a bunch of people, the front lines that are just sort of making it up as they go. And we've got data for days that tells us that frontline teams are making it up as they go. Oh yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. So just to follow up on that one more question, because I think a lot of what I love to talk about is the fact that when we deal with issues like this, there are moments that as business owners or managers that you just cringe. So when they come to you, they know you, your clients, they come to you, they know you're going to put them through this, this kind of litmus test of, you know, we're really going to go to the source. But when you get this data that shows a true disconnect between that frontline person and their marketing intent and message, you know, what kind of reactions do people have when it's, when they think, well, it might be not great, but they don't realize how bad it, it might be. How do you help them? What are some of their reactions and how do you help them to kind of swallow that pill in order to have the medicine start working? I, I wish you could see one of the readouts. Um, so I will tell you that we always say BTS readout day is the best day at interview. Okay. Because, you know, people, people are actually excited. I, I, I want to, you know, people are excited to see the readout of this because what we're giving them is, is a glimpse and some clarity into something that the day before was, was a complete uh, mystery to them. Right. So we're illuminating this, this, you know, we're taking this audience that they just never took the time to, to kind of, you know, ask their attitudes and perceptions. And we're illuminating this whole mindset of the people that, that represent their brand. So uh, I'm going to be honest and say that it's rare that they're, it's, it's not cringeworthy. It's really not. And I think that they end up probably more pleasantly surprised with how aligned they really are around certain things. I think they expect the worst. And typically what they, we always find that there's typically alignment around some certain areas. And then some of the key value proposition items, you find some, you find some disconnect, which is always common. Right. We always find one or two, one or two, usually not more than that, things that nobody expected. Hmm. A, couple of, a couple of nuggets that were like, I would have never predicted that we would get that data back. And when we help them sort of get underneath why the data came back that way and what it means, there's always, you know, there's always these one or two real um, uh, uh, insights that uh, are become really actionable and really insightful. And they say, okay, now we've got confidence that we can reach these people with, with, um, with the, the message that's going to resonate with them, that's going to help them feel more prepared. That's gonna, we always talk about belief, confidence, and pride. That, that's the way we talk about it. We want to help amplify the belief, confidence, and pride. We always come up with a nugget where they're like, I'm so glad we found that because mm. now we can really amplify that and we can build that belief, confidence, and pride. So there's always something that comes out of left field. I love that. Yeah, exactly. Like, wow, I had no idea, but now we know we have something to do. Whereas yesterday we were still fumbling in the dark. Right. 
Exactly. Awesome. Well, this is, I'm, this is a fantastic conversation. I love it. We're going to take a quick break and we are going to hear from our sponsor. Solopreneurs and small businesses often struggle to create effective digital marketing programs. It's hard to know where to start, what to prioritize, how to sift through confusing information and solutions that seem too good to be true. Agencies and full-time marketing employees are also expensive. And Marketing You is a modern marketing course with all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your business without that extra set of hands or high overhead costs. At And Marketing You, you will learn exactly what you need to do to execute a concrete marketing strategy by dedicating just two to four hours per week. And Marketing You will help you to execute strategy, messaging, content marketing, SEO, social media, paid digital advertising, and more. You'll have access to on-demand resources, live courses, group coaching sessions, community forums, and networking, plus the exact templates and tools you need for success. I took this course myself, and one of the greatest benefits we gained was learning to develop a competitive strategy that aligned our social media playbook and website to generate highly qualified leads. For all the tools, education, and accountability you need to grow your small business at a fraction of the cost of hiring a traditional agency or additional employee, go to www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. Again, that's www.and-marketing.com forward slash you. And use the code SHOCK to receive 10% off of any program. And I am back with Chris Wallace of Interview. And I love, I actually was writing down in, I t- always take notes as we're talking and I wrote down Interview again, just to just to kind of come back to really what you do when you're looking inside like this and really taking a viewpoint of what's going on where in, in the middle of all this, regardless of what we're trying to do outside. I'm not, I'm not surprised you came up with the name for a specific reason, but it really does describe what you're trying to accomplish for your clients, doesn't it? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw uh, I'm gonna throw my name right back at your name, okay? You, you you talk about shocking your potential, okay? And you know we really believe our our company tagline is win from within. Mm-hmm. And when you think about from a marketing perspective, shocking your potential, okay? There are there are uh, there are only so many ways that you can drive more demand. You can throw more money at advertising. But when we think about truly shocking the potential of an organization, we believe that sort of tapping into the potential that you have with these frontline teams, um, let's just put it this way. It's a lot easier to drive conversion at the front lines by better supporting your frontline teams yeah. than it is to drive more demand. Okay. Yeah. And we saw this, we see this in most organizations we work with. But when you think about quote unquote shocking your potential as it relates to marketing, taking your marketing and turning it inside your organization and marketing to your own people as if they were a segment of your marketing strategy, um, you talk about shocking your potential, that's the way to do it. Look at them as an audience to be marketed to, not a group to be trained or told what to do or, or you know, mandated to, to fall in line and follow instructions. If you look at them as an audience to be won over, that's a great way to shock your potential. Absolutely. And then that really, you know, when organizations do that, that I don't know how many companies I've worked for or with uh, over the years, you know, where they have kind of that, you know, 
our number one, you know, uh, asset is our employee, you know, our employees yet there's a disconnect with what, how they really treat their employees or how they listen to their employees. And, you know, if you've got an organization like this, that is really trying to win from within, they are going to absolutely view their, their employees as their number one asset. There's only so many levers you can pull. Right. When you think about marketing, there's only so many different things that you can try. And when you think about driving results for your business, you cannot underestimate the value of, of putting those people out there on the front lines every day in a better in a better spot to win. Yeah. But, you know, Chris, this goes right with my my uh, theme for the month, because clearly there is one other lever to play. And that is my magical marketing pixie dust that once I create it and I sell it, all we have to do is sprinkle it on a company and we will have people just pounding down our doors and literally throwing money at us. <laughs> Let's all hope. Let's all hope. So until that day arrives, <laughs> I've asked all my guests to give us kind of their top tips on how we can all take, you know, I guess maybe a, a, a more appropriate or a, or a better op- look at what we do marketing and really help ourselves use it much more effectively. So, you know, share some, share some thoughts on this with us. Yeah, I'm going to pick up off of the last point we made, but I'm going to say as an overall statement, um, I will say it doesn't matter what business you're in. Um, it doesn't matter what you sell. You sell customer experience. Mm-hmm. That's what you sell. And if you if you fall in love with the fact that your product is better than the rest of the market, um, there's only a couple of companies out there that, that, that really truly sit in that space, right? Apple, in my mind, is the only company with true product superiority or platform superiority, everybody else is competing on experience for the most part. And I I would encourage people to look at it that way and encourage them to think about, okay, how am I, um, you know, wrapping experiences around my product? And in conjunction with that, you know, I, I go back to that idea of looking at the employees. As soon as you start looking at your employees as a group of people to be, and this is a mindset thing. This isn't like a tactical thing. This is truly a mindset thing looking at the people who represent your organization as an audience to be won over, not an audience to be forced into compliance, mm-hmm. that, that puts you on a path to you know, really unlocking, you, know, you talk about unlocking your, shocking your potential, that's where you can unlock so much potential. And that connection between your frontline teams and your experience and having as much alignment around that as you possibly can, that's where brands are going to separate themselves. That's where mm-hmm. they're going to win. I agree. It's... Um... <clears throat> It's interesting to me. So my, uh, my team, uh, this time last year, I had two employees this, this time this year, I have eight employees and we'll very soon be 10. And, um, I really didn't intend to have like a large team, <laughs> but as things are growing, it's doing well. So, but one of the things that I realized several months ago is that I was not spending enough time with all my team because, you know, I mean, I'm running two companies, we've got a lot going on. And I remember when I sat back, this is about three months ago, and I'm still not perfect at it, but I'm, I'm much, much better. And I said, okay, you owe your team just as much energy and focus as your uh, customers. Because if you don't, then number one, they're not going to know and understand and believe all the things we're doing. Number two, they're not going to feel like they're a part of something. And I want them to feel like a part of something, especially as we're growing. And so I started, you know, with these like weekly. Um, so some people I meet with weekly, some biweekly, um, you know, I've got a different leadership structure now that I've got somebody that's um, also leading some people, but it's, it's so important to take that time and recognize and, and look at, at your team 
and realize, you know, see them for what they are and who they are and what role they are playing. Because if you don't spend enough time making sure they know your message and believe your message, then to your point, they're making it up as they go along and you have no idea what, what's going on, what's being said. You know, I, I, what you just said makes a lot of sense. And I, I, I was laughing, so I'm thinking of an example. Um, a lot of times I get asked, you know, so who are some companies that do it well? And there's some, there's some standard bearers out there. And I, I use Southwest as an example. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the best part about Southwest, when you think about it, if you've ever flown Southwest, um, you, you have the people, you know, the, the flight attendants and things like that, who uh, in the cabin who will make jokes, right? Yeah. Southwest is famous for people making jokes. And I'll never forget being on another airline. I won't say which one. And the person, the person in the cabin, the flight attendant tried to make a joke and it wasn't funny. It wasn't funny. And I'm thinking to myself, Southwest, you talk about people have to believe in it, right? If you tell a joke and that doesn't come, like that doesn't like flow out of you, people aren't going to laugh, right? (laughs) But somehow the people at Southwest, I'm just using that as one sort of small example, but in Southwest is a big organization. Their people believe in it. They believe in what they're trying to do. And that fun is infectious. It's, you know, the enthusiasm you can really feel it. And then this other airline, somebody tried to crack a joke and it's like, man, that was poor. That was a poor example. Be your brand. Don't try to be Southwest brand. Okay. It doesn't <laughs> come from your core. So that yeah. just is an example of you've got to be who you are, right? And people have to believe in it or it just comes across the wrong way. Well, and I know that I totally agree. And I was just, you know, I've, I've been on Southwest flights where, you know, the person hasn't cracked a joke and I'm really disappointed. Like you can crack a joke and not even be funny on a Southwest airline, but I'll laugh going, Hey, that was really bad. (laughs) Like that's, but you'll have fun with it because you expect it. As you expect it. Exactly. Right. You're right. I love it. My goodness. We could talk about this stuff all day because customer experience is where I live and breathe. So I love it. Um, Chris, I know we're going to have all your um, contact information in our show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you guys up right now, what's the best way for them to find you? Sure. Uh, so I'll give you the uh, company website is interviewgroup.com. And thank you for il- illustrating for the group that it's inner as an I-N-N-E-R looking inner in interviewgroup.com. Um, my uh, best place to find me is on LinkedIn. So, um, so I do not have an uncommon name. So when you're looking for Chris Wallace, look for interview group uh, in my, in my experience and I'm in the Philadelphia area. So you'll see me in Philly. And the one other thing I'll encourage people to do is uh, check out brandtransferscore.com. Give you a chance to, to learn a little bit more about our unique tool. Absolutely. I'm going to take a look at it myself. And uh, so before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Just like with your customers, do the same thing with your employees. Ask, right? Start with a question. Before you tell them what to do, ask them a question. You're going to learn so much more. You're going to make a more authentic and genuine connection with them. And uh, you want to talk about, you know, going a long way toward building belief and confidence. Um, It it starts by listening to your people, not just talking at them all the time. So when in doubt, ask a question first. I love it, Chris. Thank you so much. You have shared incredible information. I'm absolutely thrilled we've had you on my podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. 
And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.